May all grace, mercy, and peace come to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Gospel lesson from Mark 3 will serve as the basis for the sermon today. Now, we're in a day and age now where the family structure is far different than it was years ago. Family looks totally different today than what it was, say, even 20, 30 years ago, and especially far different than it was about 100 years ago. But you know, family still matters. Why? Because it's where we find our belonging. It's where we turn to in those darkened times, where we find our shelter, where we lean on those who we trust and love for support. And yet, family dynamics vary. A lot goes on in families today. There's a lot of descriptors that describe families today, like a dysfunctional family, a family divided, a family that loves, a family that's close-knit. At the end of the day, no matter what a family is, family matters. And just as important, what happens within a family matters. To quote Jem from To Kill a Mockingbird, Atticus says, you can choose your friends, but you sure can't choose your family. And they're still kin to you no matter whether you acknowledge them or not. And it makes you look right silly when you don't. You know, there are those that we're related to by blood that are our family, and there are those who are our friends that we have grown close to over the years that we consider family. No matter what constitutes a family, every family has its matters to deal with, including Jesus' family. Freshly home from his travels, which included all kinds of healing, calling of the 12 apostles, facing threats by religious leaders, even happened to take a long, circuitous route to get back to his house, and the pressure of great crowds following him. Jesus, once again, being home, is surrounded by a great crowd, packed so tightly they can't even reach their own arms out to grab food. But don't worry, Jesus, your family's on its way. They're going to take care of this for you. Only what we'll find out is it gets kind of messy. They think his family, his own family, thinks he's out of his mind as they go out to, to accost him. It's like they're going out and telling the crowds, it's okay. Jesus just isn't there today. He's a little loco, you know. Leave him alone. Don't listen to him. And even the scribes seem to back up Jesus' family. He's possessed by Beelzebub. By the prince of demons, he casts out demons. Here's Jesus, pressed by crowds on one side, threatened by religious leaders on the other, and has his own family that doesn't have his back. But he does what Jesus, what only Jesus can do. He begins to speak in parables. For those of us who have ears to hear, let us hear. Calling together those religious leaders, what does Jesus do? He starts to talk about a family, a house that's divided, a house that's divided, a family that's divided, right? Even Satan himself, divided, cannot stand. None of these things can stand. He also points out that, that Satan is on his way out the door. You just need to have faith to see that. You need to have ears to hear, to understand what Jesus is talking about. And those who don't, they're never going to understand what Jesus is talking about here. And then Jesus speaks about how a house can't be plundered unless a strong man is bound first. 
For those of us who have ears to hear, what might Jesus be pointing out here? What might He be telling us now? What might He be calling us to see? What does any of this have to matter, by the way, especially as it relates to family? Well, there's one more piece before Jesus starts addressing family again that we need to look at. Because Jesus then starts to speak some good news here. What does He say? He speaks of all the sins of the children of man being forgiven as whatever blasphemies they utter, except for what? Except for the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Those who blaspheme the Holy Spirit don't have the forgiveness. But this is what He's talking about here. Again, what might Jesus be inviting us to hear and see? Perhaps we might recall what Jesus says in John 20-23. If you forgive anyone his sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And then, of course, essentially the sins that aren't forgiven are the ones that blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. The ones that totally reject Jesus. So what's He calling us to invite to hear today? He invites us to hear about the forgiveness and see where forgiveness is needed in this world. Even forgiveness in our own families. Forgiveness is not to be arbitrary. It's called to be brought forth out of love based on what Jesus teaches and what He models. It means leading one to repentance by standing in the truth of God. Proclaiming the truth of God. It means at times turning the other cheek when we're wrong. It's twofold, meaning that we're to forgive others personally, but perhaps not bringing forth the forgiveness because somebody's blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Rejecting Jesus. Sometimes in our own families, whatever our families may consist of, there will be differences. Forgiveness, though, must persist. Like a parent who forgives the child who's done something wrong, or forgiving our friends or even our own family members, including those in our church body. And that means we should seek forgiveness as well when we have wronged somebody. But how are you going to know to do that? Who leads you to realizing and recognizing that a wrong has occurred? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that convicts us when when we've wronged somebody. That leads us back to that forgiveness of Jesus. Both in repentance and receiving His forgiveness and taking that forgiveness out to others. Because Jesus is forgiveness. Jesus is healing. Jesus is love. But the name of Jesus will also cause divisions. In the sense... That not everybody will like Jesus when they hear His name proclaimed. Not everybody will, will, will turn in repentance. Jesus doesn't conform to societal norm. That's why divisions will occur over Jesus. What is it? In Matthew 5, Jesus says, For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household which now brings us back to Jesus' family again. Sitting inside, surrounded by a great crowd, Jesus is beckoned by His awaiting family outside. And the crowd says to Jesus, your mother and brothers are outside seeking you. And yet Jesus, as only Jesus can do, makes His family wait. He addresses those who are sitting in front of Him. Who are my mother 
and my brothers. Is Jesus asking a rhetorical question or has he got amnesia? Did he forget who his family members are here? Those who have ears, let them hear. No, Jesus doesn't have amnesia. He spreads his hands out upon the crowd and he says, here are my mothers and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Now for the record, Jesus isn't saying that blood relatives are not important. (laughs) What he's saying though is that his family isn't limited to a small number of people. His family has room for one more. For one more. Always one more. His family is expanded. To be considered a brother or a sister or a mother of Christ is to be involved in participating in the Father's will. By obeying Christ, by abiding in Him and He in us, we show our relationship then to Christ. If we're obeying God and abiding in God, then we would be resembling God's ways. Being related to Jesus isn't necessarily about bloodline, but more about discipleship. If we're acting like the children of God, well, then people would see that God's our Father, the head of our household. Then Jesus would spread out his hands and say to us, as he said to that crowd, here are my mother and brothers. To be called a brother or sister of Christ is to be called family. And to be Jesus' family means to be in a family that will forever stand and never fall. You know, many people make much ado about their family trees and their ancestral history. And yet, the family tree in which any family may glory, and which any family may be proud of, is none other than the tree of life. The ancestral record of which no one ever need be ashamed is the history of those members of the family whose names are written in the book of life. And yet Satan would want us to think otherwise. When we're being divisive, trying to win arguments for the sake of winning arguments, withholding forgiveness arbitrarily, trying to, I don't know, not participate in God's kingdom because we make other excuses and we're too busy to participate in things. We're nothing more than a rotting branch in the family tree. You know, there's times when we act ashamed of God's family, like not standing in the truth of God or turning a blind eye to the wrongs that happen, not standing up for the poor, the oppressed, the lame, and of course, not combating false teachings. It's like being in a crowd of people where you know something's going wrong and you stay silent. That's just as bad as participating in it. And too often, I'm guilty of that. As are so many people. And when we know that we're doing these things that are wrong and don't repent, we don't take a corrective course of action, it's like we're blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. If we're willing to stand in the name of Christ, if we're willing to call ourselves Christians, then we have to be willing to name those things that cause divisions within our families and cause us to fall, whether in our individual life, our personal families, or even in our church family. To follow Christ takes courage. And that's a courage that's only empowered by the Holy Spirit. We, my brothers and sisters, we as baptized children, of God belong to the strongest family ever. 
We're related to Christ through His body and blood, through His saving works and His death on the cross and His resurrection. We have our own families, and we are certainly a family here at Ascension. Connected to the bigger family of the body of Christ, with Christ as our head. Where do we hear Jesus calling us to bring forgiveness today? Where do we see those areas that we can utilize our talents, our time, our possessions as a family so that others can come and be a part of this wonderful family? You know, I look out here and I see my brothers and sisters related to Christ. I see a people out here who have much talents and much possessions and, and much you know, time to spend in God's kingdom working. And people who are doing those very things. But I also look outside these church walls and I see a community that's not connected. I see a people who need to have that strong name of Jesus, who need to be connected to the bloodline to have their names written in the tree of life. I pray, my family, that together we go forth as one, intentionally and joyfully doing God's work according to His will. Taking that forgiveness out, not arbitrarily, but the way Jesus would want us to do. Will you do that with me? Can we walk together as a family as we always have? Not always perfectly. But with Jesus leading the way, we're made perfect in Him. We certainly aren't perfect, but we are a family. And we're part of His family tree. And so let's go forth and do those things and watch as Jesus continues to add the names into our ancestral heritage. And to God be all the glory. Amen.